I think one of the most consistent questions, and one of the best questions for that matter, asked by collectors is, is this thing legit? And by legit, I don't mean legitimate per se. Of course, we want to know if the thing is counterfeit. And yes, fakes are a thing in the hobby, but they aren't super common. So for the purposes of this discussion, legit is more about condition and lineage. You know, what kind of shape is it in? What does that shape mean in terms of value? Where did it come from? And most importantly, when I look at this thing, what am I not seeing? Fortunately, there are people who have spent a lifetime studying this very sort of legitimacy. People who are obsessed with condition and lineage. People who are immersed in baseball cars or football helmets or basketball sneakers or, I don't know, vintage UBS trucks. People who with one look and one touch can legitimately tell us if the item in question is legit. Now, we have not one, but two of those people right here and right now, which is why it is time to collect this. Welcome to Collect This, powered by CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Here's your host, Alan Goldscher. All right, so we have Simeon Lipman, appraiser extraordinaire, who you probably know from PBS's Antiques Roadshow, and my esteemed colleague at CSG, and a true card grading stud, Andy Broom. Now, People oftentimes kind of lump appraising and grading under the same umbrella. I did before I got to know Simeon, who, who schooled me, and a bunch of other graders that I knew told me exactly what was going on. So I think it'd be kind of cool if you guys define each other's each other's lot in life, right? So Simeon, what's grading? Tell me what grading is from the perspective of an appraiser. <laughs> it's it's very important from the perspective of an, of an appraiser because. Um, Everything today, uh, and, and it's always been this way, but but especially now, uh, authenticity and condition is paramount uh, with anything, uh, any any kind of collectible, and uh, the grading has kind of leveled the playing field. Whereas in the old days, when I was a kid, everybody had their own kind of idea what uh, a near mint card was, what a mm-hmm. mint card was, what mm-hmm. a gem mint card was, and you basically had to take somebody's word for it. And hope when you got it that it indeed <laughs> was and that you know that wrinkle in there, you know that could kind of ruin your day. Um, so you know the grading has kind of has kind of kind of made it possible for everyone to kind of feel comfortable with the same uh, idea of what you are looking at. And and you know obviously there's many different grading companies out there, so you know people have different ideas of you know. But but generally speaking. Uh, you know, with an accredited uh, appraisal or authentication company and grading company, you're going to feel comfortable knowing that the card is near mint. It is mint. It is gem mint or whatever it is. So uh, it's very important these days. Uh, Andy, what is appraisal? What does that mean from your perspective as a stud grader? <laughs> well, you know, from my perspective, I look at appraisals like this. Uh, you know, the appraiser, like Simeon, that the, that's the general contractor. And guys mm. like me who do the grading, we're the subcontractor. So <laughs> for, <laughs> for appraisers to be able to give an accurate assessment of value of, of the item, you know, they need all those elements. Like Simeon said, you know, he needs to know it's authentic. It's authentic. He needs to know the condition and, and, and any other areas. And, and, you know, and appraisers like Simeon, obviously, have been in this a very long time and and can do a lot of that themselves but you know to to, to the point of uh, you know for grading it does level the the playing field not just for collectors and dealers but appraisers as well so they know the data that they're using to to make that assessment is it, it's, it's good information uh, and, and let me just jump in let me just jump in cuz it's very important away. to say that um today when i'm you know people bring collections to me uh and i'm and i'm working through the different appraisal firms i basically will tell the the people that look you need to get this graded before i can do anything Mm -hmm. here uh and and you know and and you have to basically if, if they don't understand it you explain it to them and most of them once you explain it to them they totally get it and they're like okay that that's why i have to do that it, it applies to all collectibles really but uh specifically you know sports cards and and sports memorabilia in general absolutely 
All right, so Simeon, let's say that I have this massive collection of uh, cards and jerseys, et cetera, that have been up in my mother's uh, attic for years and years and years and years. And I come to you and all the cards are raw. All of them are ungraded. Uh, what do you tell me to do in terms of getting them graded? How do I go about it? So what I would do uh, first is kind of take a look at what your collection consisted of. And mm -hmm. then, um, and basically, look, it's not worth grading everything. I mean, that's that's for sure. And people always ask me that. So what I'll do is I'll, you know, give them the top 10 things they need graded or whatever right. it is. You know, um, I'll go. And, and just to clarify, that is a, a, a financial thing, right? There's no need to get everything graded because you might be throwing good money after bad in effect. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, the, the bottom line is, too, that, you know, certain things, even even if it is, let's say, a uh, a Mickey Mantle card or, you know, uh, you know, a 1965 Mickey Mantle card, if it's beat up, you know, there's not really a necessity to get it graded per se. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to, you want to kind of, cause there is a cost involved. So it, you know, it, it's cost effective as long as, as long as you're getting something uh, graded that, that needs to be graded. <laughs> a lot of people sometimes, I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff where people have sent in, you know, 1989 tops commons to get graded mm -hmm. and they just had no clue. And they sent the stuff in, they spent a fortune getting cards graded that are worthless. So, I mean, that that's happened a lot so uh, you know i've uh you know you gotta you gotta be selective let's put it that way andy in terms of uh telling a collector uh a, a, or probably like a, a more novice collector uh expound on what simi was saying about what you should and shouldn't get graded yeah, you, you know, Simeon's 100% right I, and i'll be the first to tell people as well as you know not everything needs to be graded uh, it doesn't make sense to grade everything. And, you know, I, I think there's two camps uh, uh, as far as what to grade. Uh, you know, you have your, your PC, your personal collection, where it doesn't matter the value. This is your collection. It's to be protected. And, and you know, maybe the grades aren't, aren't even a big deal. You know, that, that's definitely one aspect. When it comes to the financial side, if you're if you're planning on selling the cards, you know, if if the grading costs and the time and, and everything involved ends up costing more than the value you're adding to it by grading it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and, and you know, and that's a large majority of, of stuff that we see is it's just not, doesn't need to be graded. You're not increasing your value. Um, you know, when you start getting into stuff that. Uh, you know, for instance, Simeon mentioned like a low grade mantle. Yeah, financially, it might not make sense, but that that is one example. Like the really, the marquee names like Mantle and 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 you know Ruth and and Maze, everybody like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes you want to get those in a holder regardless, only because of the authenticity. So if you're you know auction house is one thing, but if you're selling online in a place like like eBay is an example. You know, um, there are cards that have to be in a in a reputable grading company holder to even be sold on eBay. Uh, I know that the Jordan rookie was supposed to be that way where you can only uh, list uh, graded ones. So I think those are kind of the two camps there. And and so what you're left with is, are, A, is this my PC collection? Or B, is this, uh, you know, potential profit? Am I selling it? I think those are the, that's where you got to start when you're trying to decide what, what to grade. Now, Simeon, I think that um, going back to the novice collector again, if if this theoretical you know box of stuff that came from Mrs. Golcher's uh, attic happens, it's a <laughs> thing. Um, I'm looking at these cards and I'm like, okay, why can't you just tell me what it's worth? Why can't you, as an appraiser, just give me the 411 on it? Well, I mean, look, as an appraiser, you can give a general value, but when it comes to these things, and look, and 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 it it all depends on. On where you're coming from. If this is your personal collection that you collected when you were a kid, you're comfortable with the authenticity of it. I'm comfortable with your story about it. I see the cards. I know they're real. Then I can give you a general idea of what the value is. Uh, but, you know, it, it, as we all know now, and the last 20 years has proven, I mean, the difference between a uh, a nine of something and a four of something is so vast now. That well, I mean, isn't the difference between a nine and a 10 pretty vast, too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, but I don't even get into that because I can't, honestly, I can't tell the difference most of the time <laughs> between a nine. But I'm not a grader. Again, I'm not a grader. And I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, that's 
a 10 as you know on ebay you see 10 question mark exclamation point <laughs> you know like no you're not you're not the greater you can't see you don't have a microscope you're not looking at this stuff so yeah you can yes you can give a general value but if you really again uh, and the authenticity part that that andy's talking about that is so key these days especially mm -hmm. with like newer stuff you know contemporary stuff stuff that's been uh forged and counterfeited like like the jordan rookie i mean god there's so many of those fake ones out there <laughs> that yeah absolutely if you have one it doesn't matter if it's been chewed up by the dog you still want that thing in a holder i wouldn't buy one uh that wasn't in a holder so so that that is a key as well absolutely Um, Andy, I'm going to tease a little something. Uh, Andy and I are going to be uh, doing a podcast together, a regular podcast in a few months. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, but one of the things that you and I had kicked around when uh, we're fig figuring out topics for said podcast was fakes, was fraud, was counterfeit stuff. Um, talk about what Simeon said about like telling the difference between a real Z card and a fakey card. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of the biggest uh, issues in, in the industry for, for, the, for the grading companies is, you know, uh, you know, we, we do a, a classroom training for our, for our graders when they come in. They have to go through a classroom and, and training process and all that. And, and you know, and I, and I always say I can teach most people, especially card, you know, if you're into cards, I can teach most people how to grade fairly quickly um, and, and consistent. But the, the the challenge is though is learning alterations and counterfeits and you know it, it yes you can teach so much but there's so much hands-on there's so much with just handling cards you know i was talking to somebody the other day we were talking about t206s you know i've graded tens of thousands of those over the last couple of decades and it just it's the point where i can as soon as I pick it up, I can tell you pretty much everything about it, if it's right or wrong, you know, but that's that muscle memory, that feeling. I know what they feel like. I know what they smell mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that just comes with experience of handling cards. And, and that's what I always uh, when people ask, you know, um, how do you learn these things? Handle cards, handle as many cards as you can have the proper loop, you know, examine common cards, you know. T206 Wagner. It was printed on sheets right next to common T206s that are, you know, less than 50 bucks now. So by picking one of those up, examining it with a loop, learning the printing process, learning how they feel and smell and, and all that. Well, now you can authenticate a Honus Wagner T206. Okay. So you guys uh, have been doing this um, literally forever like forever we're talking like 75 80 years and you're not even 75 or 80 years old um dog years yeah dog, dog years, years. <laughs> what simian have you seen change in uh it, 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 all across the board what kind of collections you're getting how you're getting them what condition things are in how excited just like everything that's different now than was happening in 2010 20 2000 etc cetera, etc cetera. Well, I think the internet has changed everything as far as uh, people thinking they know what they have, mm -hmm. uh, people thinking they understand the value of what they have. You know, it's been a wonderful tool, but it's also uh, it, it also could be a pitfall for people. You know, people. What I've noticed, you know, when I first started doing the roadshow in the '90s, the Antiques Roadshow, you know, people would bring their stuff in; they had no clue. You know, they might have at one point gotten a uh, a Beckett uh, book and you know looked stuff up, but I mean, they really didn't have any idea. And now, you know, you have you know what I started to see as as the internet started to creep in was you know people coming to the tables with their cards, but also with a printout from eBay. You know, mm -hmm. of <laughs> highest prices, not necessarily sold, just what people were asking. You know, and which of course is ridiculous. And uh, you know. So that that's kind of changed. Um, you know, the stuff's still out there. People still show up with amazing things. That 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 hasn't uh, that hasn't changed, which I'm very happy about. You know, because that's yeah. well, it's, it's your living. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's what drives it's what drives the interest in this stuff. You know, that the stuff's yeah. still being discovered. Um, 
But, you know, obviously, I, I think uh, the new material, the contemporary stuff, uh, that never had the value uh before 2000 you know the last few years i mean mm-hmm. where whereas you know literally a pack can come out of a, or a card can come out of a pack and be worth a million plus that never happened yeah. uh until recently and and look i don't personally i don't get it i mean I, I don't understand the thought process this is manufactured scarcity but i understand it I, I mean i do understand why people are interested in this stuff and i lived through the rookie card craze of the 80s so it's sort of like mm-hmm. that just on big time steroids and um <laughs> you know look it's uh it, you know, things change, things evolve, and you just have to evolve with them. I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't fault people for collecting that new stuff. I think some of it's really cool. You know, um, it's just the prices are just unbelievable now, completely insane. Um, Andy, before I get you uh, back into your side of that story, um, quick aside about artificial intelligence and grading. Um, Nothing's better than eyeballs. Nothing's better than a hand. Nothing's better than a nose to to tell what's going on. But their artificial intelligence in terms of grading is a thing. Uh, are you a proponent or uh, not so much? And if yes or no, why? That's a great topic because that's actually something that that we're involved with in the developing of AI for for grading assistance. And you know the the biggest thing with with AI is it's not like what you see on the movies or read in the the news. You know AI is taking over the world tomorrow. We're not losing our jobs tomorrow. the the real the 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 real cool thing about AI, the beauty of AI is. It's there to assist the person, whatever job they're doing, mm-hmm. to make their job more efficient, more accurate, and, and, it, and that's how it is in cards. You know, AI can do multiple things. You know, one of the big things is attribution. You know, take an image of a card, able yep. to identify it, identify the parallels, which is amazing. Um, th- those types of things. So that that's one of the big areas for AI. The other is the grading assistance, and what that means is, you know, the 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 AI will will be taught based on on uh, whatever the criteria is whether it's cards or whatever and so it will start to learn okay well then i think that this card based on this what i see here is a seven and it maybe it'll break down in certain areas that identifies this is a problem area to look at and so the grader uh you know your senior grader will look at it and go well no actually this is a, a six and a half or whatever so then the, mm-hmm. the ai's job is to go okay you're the expert so now i know this is six five so it learns from the grader and then the grader can use that information at a quick glance and not necessarily do what the computer says but take that information into account and say okay actually i agree or no i disagree and they make the human makes the final call on it so so you know ai and in, in, in grading in particular i think is is um it's going to be bigger and bigger as we as we go on, but it, it, it's a it's a very valuable tool, and and I'm definitely for it. Yeah, it sounds like it is not going to put people out of work because no matter what, nothing is more important than the eyeballs and the hands. Well, and you know you got to look at AI. You know, in the most basic sense, is that uh, the whole point of AI is it's a mach- it's a machine that can learn, mm-hmm. and so without the expert card grader to to teach it to learn right. from you know then then it's it's useless because it never will will con- you know it's 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 education won't continue so so you're right i mean it's not something that's going to put people out of out of work but it's going to make those experts jobs uh more streamlined more efficient and, and more accurate Going back to what I was uh, speaking about with Simeon, what has changed in the grading uh, landscape since, say, 2000? A lot of, well, a lot have changed since 2000, but a lot has changed since 2020 as well. And maybe mm. more has changed in the last couple of years than the last 20 years in some aspects. Um, you know, when I first started grading around 2000, uh, 
you know, the internet, we had the internet, but, you know, places like eBay and, and things like that, they didn't really have a deep, deep uh, history of, of, of transactions as far as cards go. And the research material is, was, was, you know, it was, it was tougher to research, obviously, you know, and, uh, you know, all through the, the late eighties and, and all through the nineties, you know, I, I was obsessed with, with finding every publication, every book that I can to learn about mm-hmm. everything about cards. And, and, you know, and it's funny looking back now. I spend hours pouring through all these books and looking at cards, and and now it's a ten minute search on 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 the internet, you know. <laughs> but you know, we really had to learn everything on our own. There wasn't a grading school. There wasn't a place to go. You know, you you yeah. literally learn trial and error. You know, I. I Look, I bought fake cards and and it happens, but you know, you learn from it. And you know, I submitted, you know, hundreds and hundreds of cards and I would go through and grade them myself. Then I would submit them, come back, and I would compare and learn what are they seeing. And, um, you know, that and so yeah, it was just a self education. So, definitely, last 20 years, technology has really changed the landscape. Right. Not just on the selling side, you know, the marketplace side, but but the education side, you know, it's amazing. I, I collect some really uh, out there stuff, you know, some would say some very esoteric stuff. And and it, it always amazes me that, you know, you may dig for months and all of a sudden you'll find one guy on some message board from overseas. And, and he goes, yeah, you know, I've been collecting these for 25 years and this and this. And I found this. And it's so the power that we have now for research and, and collecting is, is quite amazing. Um one of the other things that I've seen uh, over the last couple of decades is um, collectors and dealers have become more savvy. Uh, mm-hmm. And an example of that is, you know, you take a card now that may be technically a lower grade, but it's dead, dead on centered. You know, there's a premium for that now. Collectors are, you know, they're going after the eye appeal and, and, and dealers as well. And so the marketplace has definitely become more savvy. People are, are actually I have have uh, started to research more and, and learn more, you know, and like I said, I've, I've told people, you know, I, I'm not out there buying and selling diamonds because I don't know enough about them. I, I'm going to lose my rear end. And it's the same <laughs> with with cards. You're right. I mean, or any collectible. If you're going to start putting your hard earned money into this, you why would you not learn everything you can about it? Yeah, it's a huge investment. You know, you you guys were just uh, attending the uh, National Sports Collectors Convention uh, about two weeks before we recorded this, and the armed guard situation. They're like, people forget why are there armed guards? There? Well, these things are worth like millions of dollars. You have to have an armed guard there. Hey, uh, we're gonna take a quick break um, and listen to a little uh, ad voiced over by probably the most handsome voiceover guy you're ever gonna meet. <laughs> Whether it's a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card, a Tom Brady playoff contenders rookie card from 2000, or, I don't know, a Marv Throneberry card that came out of a post cereal box in 1963, and yes, that's a thing, Certified Sports Guarantee will grade your sports cards quickly and accurately. A subsidiary of Certified Collectibles Group, CSG graded over 1 million cards in its first year plus on the sports collecting scene, the fastest any grading company has hit that mark. Speedy turnaround times provided by the knowledgeable, passionate team of expert sports car graders will make your CSG experience smooth, efficient, and most importantly, fair. Regardless of the athlete, the sport, or the condition of your card, CSG will treat it with the love and respect it deserves. For more information about CSG, visit CSGCards.com. That's CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Simeon, that was about as handsome as a voiceover can get. Am I right? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's talk about trends. Um, you are, Simeon, you're up in it, right? It's not just cards. You're seeing jerseys, helmets, ha- just everything under the sun, uh, and not just in the sports space, which we're focusing on today, but in the music space, in the pop culture space, movie, film, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what kind of trends are you seeing in terms of eras, right? Are people more interested in current stuff? Like you'd mentioned, um, you know, the manufactured scarcity, got to get me this because it's like nobody else has it and I'm going to be rich. Or are people still into stuff that I had in this theoretical attic, like all my 1970s tops cards, which are long gone? What I, you know, what I've been noticing on the high end is that it's all iconic stuff. It's mm. like. So the goats. Um, so yeah, yeah, the goats, and and it, it's all it, 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 that's kind of where this 
this is living at the moment. As far as, you know, the old time esoteric collectors like Andy and myself, I mean, we like, <laughs> we like Japanese baseball cards and, and all, <laughs> you know, wacky stuff like that. And that stuff's awesome. And it's what makes this whole thing fun for, for me. Yeah. And I know, but at the high end, uh, the collectors out there that I've been noticing, the new blood, the new money, um, is all very interested in a Honus Wagner card. You know, they're they're not interested in the uh, you know the Addy Joss, <laughs> you know, or or the mm-hmm. you know Jack Chesbro or whoever. They only want the Honus Wagner card. You you, in your experience, from what you've seen, is that a a, a lack i don't want to say lack of knowledge because that sounds flippant but you know just someone who hasn't quite done the deep dives that we have in terms of sports or is it just that's what they're seeing that, that that's created that's leading to the big sales and that's why they're off after it it's because it's become an asset class in and of itself uh so so you know they're they're not looking at the collectability of it they're Mm -hmm. looking at as an asset which the grading has created this possibility of making a collectible into commodity so that's kind of what i've been seeing uh a trend to um there hasn't been a lot of trickle down there's a lot of value out there I've found uh, that you can, <laughs> like, for example, uh, there's there's been some really great auctions of Muhammad Ali stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Okay, two unbelievable collections in the last three months came up for sale. Uh, back in 1997, I did an Ali collection. The stuff was amazing. It did amazing, right? One of the big sellers in that auction in 1997 were the tickets and the programs, mm-hmm. okay? And the programs now, back then, they were incredibly collectible. Today, the same programs, who which are still impossible to get, some of them, mm-hmm. the prices were so low, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because, again, I'm looking at it from the reference of doing this auction back in 1997 and seeing mm-hmm. you know, just how fervent the bidding was on certain pieces to today, they couldn't care less. The collectors couldn't care less. Now, in you know, you saw like record-breaking prices for Ali's belt, for example, okay, which was an amazing, unbelievable price. But in that same auction, there were so many unbelievable pieces that went completely under the radar because just those collectors, a lot of those collectors aren't collecting anymore. They might not be around anymore. A lot of the baby boomers who are in the business or in the into collections of this type are gone or just not collecting anymore. So you're seeing a lot of that disappear and with that a lot of value is is very obtainable now uh whereas on the very high end it's not because the prices have gone so high on the very high end um andy csg is a pretty young company in terms of grading right uh nonetheless uh there have been a whole heap of cards that come into your lap on a daily basis is there anything you're seeing with these cars that are coming in or are people just, you know, hoping their goats are worth a, are in beautiful condition and worth a lot of money? Or are they just like emptying out their entire warehouse and saying, here, here's 75 cards. Great. All of them. Yeah, it's a little bit of all that. But I, before that, I want to I want to kind of piggyback on what Simeon said. And, and I, I definitely see it on, on the collector side, you know, m- me buying cards is that, you know, the, the goats, the marquees, the the blue chips, whatever you want to call them, they're they're outperforming, you know, everything and breaking mm-hmm. records each time they sell. But, you know, it's amazing to me the stuff that that used to be really big. People are missing it. They're, they don't care. And you don't have those hardcore collectors. A great example is the E90-1 American Caramel. You know, the, the Mitchell, which is used to be called the Wagner of the E-cards. You know, I've seen three of them in the last six months now pop up. And I think the last one sold for less than two grand. Or what? maybe it's twenty five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> and so I mean, this this literally this card is called the 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 Honus Wagner of E cards. What what condition was that one in? What what condition was the two grand one in? 
Oh, uh, I think it was a one or a one five. I mean, it was it was low, which is typical for those. Right. Um, but but you know, twenty years ago, this was you didn't even get to see one was amazing, and you couldn't afford one. And and but it's a common guy. It's not a Wagner. It's not Cobb. It's not a sexy name. And so yeah, it's not a it's not a commodity. It's 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 super rare. It's an iconic card as a collector, uh, you know, collectible. But but it's not a, a marquee. So I I definitely I agree. I see that. You know, the the lack of or the lack of um, interest in some of this stuff that is truly rare and, and, and marquee stuff in our mm-hmm. hobby that's just not getting that traction like it is with the with what's now become the asset class, the the, the real ultra high end stuff and the, the big names. So, Andy, does that mean that, uh, what you're seeing come into your mailbox? Uh, you're seeing less of the, uh, you know, you don't want to say second tier players, like let's say modern players like a Giannis Antetokounmpo or something. Uh, he, he's not super, super de- sexy within the hobby. He's still pretty sexy, but not like mega super sexy. But he's not MJ, right? Uh, are people getting uh, these, quote, second tier stars? Uh, are they kind of kicking them off to the side and focusing on the big stuff? Or is there still interest in a market in really really good players and really really interesting cards yeah you know the 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 trends that i see in grading are again the the big marquee cards like i know in the last week now we've seen three uh brady contender autos um which is a you know a blue chip card um so we definitely see those coming in you know that these for lack of better terms like you said the second tier uh players and cards you know we see those and i noticed that it seems like on that on that that type of material that people are trying to be a little more selective of what they send. They're, they're mm. trying to pre-screen their own cards and only, you know, hope for mint or better on, on, on those particular cards because they know as, as a second tier, whatever you want to say, um, you know, less than a nine. And then in a lot of cases at, at a mint nine, they're still not going to bring any value, you know, added mm-hmm. value. So I definitely see that. And another trend that started with the pandemic that, that, um, uh, not alarming or anything, but it, I, I hate seeing it. But, you know, definitely seen uh, a trend where people that are watching the news, nightly news, they're hearing about the hobbies, the hottest thing in the world. And you can make all this money by buying a box of cards at Walmart. And so definitely have seen a, a trend where people are just sending anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And like 80s, I'm seeing 80s cards that are grading sixes and sevens. I mean, this mm-hmm. is at, they, they were already worthless out of gym men for a lot of them, <laughs> but you, you can clearly tell these, these are people that are brand new into the industry. Someone told them they can make a bunch of money if they go and find cards and, and, and get them all graded. And, and I, I think some of that's starting to subside now. I think the the market is, is obviously evolving is changing now after the pan, you know, the, the big boom during the pandemic, but, but I definitely saw that. And, and, it, and that was, you know, from a lack of, 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 uh, consumer education. It was, hey, somebody said I could get rich. Take this box and mail off three hundred cards and pay the grading fee, and then you know, then they find out later, uh, you know, they they lost quite a bit of money. And and it's interesting. Like I've I've, I've even had a few people uh, complain to me about the grading, and then we'll dig into it, looking at the cards, talking about it. We'll come to find out. Well, no, I didn't know you'd look at them. I just pulled them out of a box and mailed them off to you. You know, <laughs> I, why aren't they all nines and tens? Yeah. And right. so that that's definitely been a trend here in the last couple of years. It's um, not a fun one to see. Simeon, Andy, all of us are of a uh, certain age, which is a nice way of saying that we ain't young. Um, <laughs> but we are collectors, right? First and foremost, we're coming from the generation that is more collectory than investing e. Uh, Simeon, in the stuff that you're being asked to appraise, right? And this is anecdotal. Um, are you seeing thing? Are you seeing people who are more like I got to get paid for this thing than they are? Wow, look at this cool thing that I have. Or is it about equal? Uh, I think it's more the latter. It, it's more um, it's more people who who are kind of interested in seeing what they can get for these things at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with a lot of hardcore collectors. Um, even the even the new hardcore collectors are more interested in the very very high end stuff. Uh, it's funny. I was speaking to one of them recently. Uh, Andy will appreciate this, and and I just, you know, I mentioned. I said, you know, you should, you know, you're an, in, you know, you very interesting guy. He collects very high end, uh, really great stuff. 
and I introduced him to, you know, Japanese cards. I said, hey, you should look at this. I mean, this is just another interesting aspect. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he was interested, but it immediately went to, well, what's the highest graded one? You know, well, it's graded, uh, you know, and, and that's just it's 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 almost like a knee jerk reaction uh, with this stuff. Whereas, like, as as Andy was saying, you know, the, the Mitchell card, it's a one point five, but it doesn't matter because there are, you know, you know, 20 of them in the world, maybe at this point, yeah. you know, so it's like it. it, it there, that that part of it, it seems to be lost. I found on 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 these new collectors. Now that doesn't mean that that won't change. I mean, if you have a real passion for this stuff, you get in at whatever level, and if you have a real passion for it, it's endless. You can just keep learning and discovering and, and yeah, see yeah. what's out there. And and so, I mean, it's not like it's all lost. It's just what I'm seeing at this point. Um. Yeah, to that end, a lot of people ask me, hey, Alan, how do you get into the hobby and podcast? How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, and I am always more than happy to take the time to, to talk about my journey and how I ended up here and how I managed to keep doing it day in and day out and how, how I love it. Andy, you've been in you've been grading for what, 20 some odd years now? Yeah. Uh, this 23rd year. Yeah. Bananas. Um, <laughs> it ain't easy to get to that point. Now, you mentioned earlier on that, you know, you study and learn and all that. But what if there's someone out there who's a young collector, knows his stuff uh, or her stuff and wants to go next level, wants to get into grading? What does that person do in today's card climate to get to, you know, at least on the road to being at your level? Yeah, no, it's a, that's a great question. <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's no different than when I was starting out. You know, there there is no... Um, public school for grading. I mean, we have a, you know, our <laughs> classroom here, but that's that's internal. Uh, it, but you know, it, it, number one, it takes the passion. You know, I, mm -hmm. I talk to to people that um, whether they're they're interviewing to be a grader or just talking to to, to customers and collectors. You know, it, it, it's always you know. Oh, I, I want to. I want to be a grader. You know, I collected in the '80s, and and I just got back into it this year. And I want to be a grader, which is great. But you know, it it, it takes a little more than that. It's it's a passion for cards. You know, like I I love sports, but that's not why I collect cards. Like I love cards for cards, mm -hmm. which which is always. You know, people. I know Simeon appreciates that. He understands it. But like, I love cards for what they are, regardless of their sports or whatever. And so. I had that passion. I had to learn everything I could. Um, and that's really, you know, the the big part of, of how I got to where I am. And, and so the advice I would give somebody today is start out by handling as many cards as you can, whatever they may be. Uh, if you want to specialize on something, that's fine. Work on cards in that, that genre, you know, that sport, that player, whatever. And learn how they're made. Learn how cards are are, are made. There's there's videos online. You can even go see some of the manufacturers how they're printed. Learn the process. Learn what they look like under a loop. The, you know what do the edges look like? Can you tell the difference between upper deck cut edge and a tops cut edge? Or mm -hmm. is this tops card been cut from the front or the back? And these are things you can tell by looking at the edge. And but there's not a book out there. You know it, you've got to just you've got to want it and learn that on your own. And then the second part of that is you know after you, you you've re read not just online, but reference books, you've handled cards, start submitting cards. I would love for you to submit to CSG, but you know, Do it. wherever you want to submit, <laughs> <laughs> but just start doing that at, to learn, you know, get the, send out 10 cards, 20 cards, 50 cards, grade them yourself first, get them back, see where you differ and, and learn from that. Start picking up on, okay, well, thing corner is always going to put me in this this range, whatever right. it may be, between a six and a seven, or whatever it may be, and you start to learn that. That's those nuances, you know. Surface. Uh, what I learned uh, starting CSG and, and and training graders is, you know, I learned that I took some things for granted, um, and one of the things, admittedly, was the way that new graders grade surface of cards, right? And so. Um, a lot of new guys and, and gals that are getting into this, they're familiar with brand new stuff of Prism and Chrome cards. And so you put an 80s card or 70s card in front of them and they kill the surface. Well, it's mm. got dimples all in it and it's all rough. No, it, that's a perfect surface for, for 79 tops. That's what they look like. Yeah. But it's learning that process of how are these cards made and then 
And so then focusing on teaching that is what, you know, I, I focused on these are the difference in surfaces. And by handling cards, that's how you you, you pick up those nuances. So, uh, yeah, that's my advice is, is learn all that you can. Study cards under a loop. You know, find out the right tools that you need and then start submitting stuff and use that as your as your baseline. Learn from the professionals. Uh, now, there aren't a lot of Andy Brooms out there. There also aren't a lot of Simeon Littmans out there. Simeon, your purview is uh, a little bit bigger than cards. It's a little bit bigger. You get asked <laughs> to appraise a, 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 the, the most crazy stuff, right? Now, I know that you are a pop culture junkie. I know you're a movie junkie. I know you're a music junkie, in addition to being a sports junkie. So what did you do? To get to this point where you are one of the the small handful of appraisers in this industry who can like kind of just go across the 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 board. Well, I mean, it, I was very fortunate. You know, I I um, when I was young, I, I did this as a kid. Um, I did it professionally as a kid. You know, I used to do shows and. Uh, well, now, when you say a kid, are we talking like sixteen or twenty two? I'm talking like, you know, 13, 14, 15. I used to get what? a tape. Shows. Yeah, no, 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 I did. And I used yep. to, I mean, and I, and I, you know, but I mean, that was kind of, I, I mean, this was what I, this was my passion from very early age. So, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I was writing for some of the magazines even back then, you know, and, and like I would submit articles on minor league baseball cards. And so, I mean, I, I was very, very into it from a very early age. And uh -huh. I didn't realize that you could make it into a profession other than being like a dealer, like a card shop owner, which I wasn't interested in. I, I had no idea it, it even could turn into something else. It's mm -hmm. just, uh, I was studying, uh, uh, pre-law, uh, uh, admiralty law, laws of the sea. I was interested in that and I'm thinking that would be maybe a direction I was going to go. And an internship opportunity opened up at Christie's Auction House in New York. Uh, I went because I'm also interested in art. And uh, when I went for the interview, I just happened to tell them, you know, they asked me my background and I told them what I was doing. They said, oh, we just opened a department that's going to deal with this kind of stuff. So it's just happenstance that I, you know, I happened to show up at the right time, right place. And I was able to get in early. And so, I mean, not everybody can do that. And as Andy said, there's no school you go to for this stuff other than, you know, just being a passionate person. Now today, I mean, the opportunity to learn is so much vaster with the internet and YouTube. Yeah. And I mean, you can just learn about anything like back in the day, you know, you'd, you'd look at a, a standard catalog and you'd see, you know, a 1987 Donruss opening day card of Barry bonds where it pictured johnny ray and you just had to imagine it because you never ever in a million years see that card because it's so yeah. rare uh, yeah. now you can yeah. just type it in and there it is and so i mean the opportunity for people for young people interested in this stuff is just vast what i've seen is a lot of kids you know a lot of younger people Again, they're dealing with it in a very different way now because of the internet and social media, you mm -hmm. know, but they all got the Pelican cases and they, you know, they go to the trade nights and I see, you know, they're flashing thousands of dollars and it's, it's a lot different <laughs> than it was. So I don't, I, you know, I don't know how you kind of transition into what I do today, other than the fact that you just have to have an enormous well of knowledge that comes from actually hands-on experience, as Andy said, there's no other way to do this. You can't, and you can't do it on the internet as well. You have to actually be in the thick of it. You have to be able to have handled things and know things just from, as you said, muscle memory, Andy, uh, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, it's all, there's so much of that in this. So my advice to anyone who wants to get into it is just get into it like head first and just stay underwater. Keep learning as much as you can because there's literally an infinite amount to know and you'll never know it all. Um, so just keep going, you know? Yeah, I think I, I'm going to give you an analogy on this. You know, the big takeaway uh, from th these two uh, threads here are learn, right? I am a musician. I grew up wanting to be a jazz musician. I studied jazz. I went and heard club. I went to, to, to hear jazz anytime I could. Anytime there was the opportunity to hear a great musician, I go hear him. I worked at a jazz record store. I read books. I, I did it all myself, right? And I did not have the benefit of um, the YouTubes and the Twitters and everything else on online right now. I just did it on my own. So what you got to do is make your own position, 
right? You say, there's got to be someone out there who needs an appraiser, who can appraise everything, learn about everything. If there's someone out there who, who, you know, maybe wants to focus on grading just basketball cards, learn everything you can about basketball cards. And I mean everything. All right, I'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit before I let you go. Um, Andy, you first. Give me some like really interesting uh, grading war stories. What do you got for me? Well, I was just thinking about that, and and it's not necessarily a a, a war story, but I, it's one that I love, um, and it has to do with uh, I got to grade a T206 Wagner, Woo. and. You know, and then Simi knows this, you know, when you see uh, a part of an original collection, you immediately know this is from an original collection, whether it's cards or whatever it may be. You just you you do this long enough. You can look at it and go, OK, that's an original collection from 100 years ago. Let's go. And so uh, at the time uh, I had some Tito sixes submitted. They're all sweet cat backs and 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 they're all the same series they were all the condition was very consistent and it, and it was only like 30 or 40 cards but i saw and i said these are all from the original collection these all came from the same source you can just tell mm. and so at the time i had one of our customer service people reach out to the customer because at, at first i was like hey maybe he's got a whole collection maybe he has more who knows I'd like to talk to him find out so so we contacted him, said, you know, uh, love the card you submitted. This this is my wheelhouse. I love this. I said, I have to be honest with you. I, I, I think these are uh, part of a larger collection. And he said, he said, yes, yes, it is part of a larger collection. And I said, uh, you know, is it all the same cards? He goes, yes, it's um, it's I think it was just over almost 700 T206 cards. And I said, OK. And I said, uh, you know. Did you buy these? Because no, these were passed down from his grandfather, and he's had them all this time. And so, of course, the next question is, well, do you have the Wagner card? And, and you, you know, I get sent these a lot. I'll have a picture. You know, I'll have a Wagner card. Okay, send me a picture. Okay, I'm sorry, it's fake. Uh, but you know, as soon as he said, he goes, "Yes, I have the Wagner." I said, "Okay, would you mind emailing a picture of it?" So 20 minutes later, picture comes through. Boom. Yep, that's a real Wagner. Wow. And so. As we got to talk to him, uh, the gentleman was, uh, I believe, at the time in his 60s, um, and uh, I believe he was a bus driver, I believe it was. But anyway, long story short, had some financial issues, uh, was about to lose his house. He had lost his job, and so he, they were having to go through the house to find things to make things ends meet. And so he had these cards from his grandfather, and they were in a real shoebox, and they were in Ziploc baggies. And with a with a post-it note of by team. So, you know, here's the Ziploc baggie that says Pirates on it, written on a, on a right. post-it note that has all the Pirates cards, including the Wagner, is in there with them. And so, uh, you know, he knew they had value, but he had no idea. The, you know the full value of everything but uh yeah. but it, it it's just it's always been one of those crazy stories you know one yes they're still out there there's still treasures to be found but two it's just it's just this nonchalant you know i just get this submission in and 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 frankly if anybody else had gotten that submission they probably would never have picked up on it you know mm-hmm. and would he have sent after that who knows but you know it's just uh to see that whole process go through just like everything all the it's checking all the boxes okay this is the original collection this is the you know oh and by the way here's the wagner amazing simeon between roadshow between traveling the world uh and seeing these you know and it crazy stuff good stuff cool stuff worthless stuff uh you probably have eight gajillion stories pick one <laughs> i'm gonna pick the one i don't know if i don't know if the viewers uh your your audience is familiar but andy's one of the best cartoonists i know and he uh he did a great book called collecting the collector correct that's the name of it collecting the collector and yep. he asked me he asked me uh a long time ago to write a little little forward to it which i did and i told a story that i'll tell now which uh which always it cracks me up to this day so so I'm at the Antiques Roadshow, and this guy comes to the table with a uh, cigar box, which is always a good sign, right? So <laughs> you know, he opens, <laughs> he and his wife come to the table, and he opens up the cigar box, and in it is, I'd say, about 50 pristine 
copies of the T200 Fatima team cards. Now, these are cards from 1913. Uh, they have... Uh, the whole team pictured. There's a Joe Jackson pictured. Jim Thorpe is on the Giants. Some oh really God. interesting guys are pictured on these cards. And these cards, because of the the you know the process that was made to produce them, they craze. So they have little crinkles all over them. Usually, these things were absolutely perfect, except the corners on every single card was missing. So missing. <laughs> Missing, just gone completely. <laughs> so I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm amazed at what I'm looking at. First of all, the, the cards are pretty scarce. You don't see them all the time. You never see them as clear and nice as this. But unfortunately, the corners are all missing. So I'm going through it, and he had like you know five Indians cards, and maybe you know six Giants cards, and really good ones, you know, and 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 you know all of them there. So I said to the guy, I'm like, look, you know, these are amazing. I kind of went through the whole process, and I said, you know, if these were, you know. Without the corners, you know, if these had the corners, these would, you know, you'd be, you know, really doing well here. And he's like, well, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, unfortunately, you know, condition has a lot to do with things. And and the fact that, you know, someone back in, you know, back then, you know, clipped the corners off these cards, uh, that made, obviously, you know, unfortunately, they're, they're, you know, they have some value, but it's a nominal value. And as I'm telling them, I, I'm looking and he's gone paler and his wife's getting <laughs> redder. And I'm like, and she's getting so, literally steam is coming out of her ears, right? And I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, what's going on, you know? And he's like, well, uh, the condition thing, he's like, doesn't that have to do with like corner damage? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, if there's no corners, then there's no corner damage. And I like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he had clipped the corners oh. of all cards the night before he came oh. out. <laughs> and his wife had told him not to touch them. Oh, but no. But he heard from a friend of his that the corners, you know, the condition of the corners meant something. So he just got rid of all the corners. And <sighs> then he's like, well, no, no, don't worry about it. I have all the corners. He pulls out a Ziploc bag with all the corners in them. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that up. You cannot this make that up. Yeah. I just like stunned. I didn't even know what to say. I mean, he honestly probably had. $50,000 worth of cards there had he not clipped the corners uh, off. And uh, <laughs> it was just like, but you know, that's just, you know, that happened. Obviously, that's a rare occurrence, but uh, you know, anything can happen in this business. It's really funny. And and if anybody is interested, Andy, your book, you you hit on so many funny little little pieces of collecting lore uh, with your with your cartoons. They're so great. Um Anybody who likes this stuff would appreciate it anyway. <laughs> it's great stuff, guys. Simeon Lippman, Andy Broom. This was a, a master class, uh, but a really fun one, too. Thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. We hope you enjoyed Collect This, powered by CSG. Collect This was hosted, written, produced, engineered, and scored by Alan Goldsher. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at collectthis at csgcards.com. 